0: Welcome to the Power of Mindset podcast,
1: where we cover anything and everything from the perspective of two health and wellness professionals. I'm Georgia.
0: And I'm Hope. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to our second episode of Power of Mindset. I am Hope here with Georgia. Hello, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We hope you had a wonderful time celebrating with family and friends. We want to express our appreciation for each of you, for everybody that has listened to our podcast, everybody that's left a review and has reached out to us, um, showing us support. We really, really appreciate that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very, very thankful for all the feedback that we have gotten so far. Um, uh, I've had some constructive feedback. We've had some we love it feedback. We're really proud of you. Um, and that means the world to me for sure. I did want to give a shout out to um, my friend Darius DeShump, um, for being the person who designed our logo. Um, we didn't have time to thank him in the first episode because it actually wasn't. We finished yet when we did our, when we recorded that first episode but it was done Darius did a great job on it mm-hmm. animating it um so we are very thankful for that yeah yes, and, we are. yes and hope happy birthday by the way
0: thank you Georgia yeah turning the big 26 this year
1: what <laughs> <laughs> woot. woot. Yeah, we are, um, we are actually recording this podcast the weekend before Thanksgiving, so um, a few days after our first episode got released, just so you all are aware. So Hope's birthday is coming up while we're recording this.
0: Um, I did
1: want to ask, Hope, how has your week been going?
0: Good, very busy. Um, mm-hmm. Getting ready to launch Iron Guide, which is a new program that I am putting out there um it's a program designed based off of how I train in the gym um so I'm super excited I haven't done anything like this before um so definitely go check it out check out my website ironclayfitness.com that also was launched this week um and uh feel really good about that so go go check it out let me know what you think and uh yeah yeah good week lots of stuff happening and obviously, you know, putting out our first episode and <laughs> now recording our second episode of this podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's really, really cool. Hope Like w- websites. I mean, I know you've had some experience designing websites before, but that's a really cool thing. And they take a lot of work. And I have heard you talking about what you've been doing for your website and things like that. And it's really awesome um, to see that kind of come to fruition. And the idea for um, your training guide coming out is a really cool idea, I think. I think it's a, like an awesome way to, intro- like, like in a way, let your supporters and your clients kind of get to know you better by learning how you train yourself. And that's, an, that's I think that was a brilliant idea, Hope. So, Thank you. Thanks
0: to you. I appreciate
1: that. Yeah. And how are things going with you this week? Oh, you know, this besides our first episode dropping this week was more so an average week. Um, In the gym, I had some wins. I did have a really good deadlift day earlier this week, Um, got up to 250 pounds, and um, I've never been so um, or felt so strong. So that's been awesome. I am a little bummed, though. I started taking a creatine supplement, and I have to go off of creatine because I'm going to be a participant in a study on ATP supplementation, so you can't take creatine in addition to that so i'm gonna have cool. to go off of it but hopefully my deadlifts will continue to increase still because
0: yeah, you've already built that muscle up
1: yeah and it's definitely a like psychological thing too like there was a weight i think 225 pounds that i was so scared to go over um for a long time and now that i'm over that hump and mm. uh, over <laughs> we're over another hump here um,
0: <laughs> I... <laughs> lots of turning points this week <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just feel a lot more confident.
0: That's awesome. Congrats.
1: Yeah. 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 I think that's really all I have. It's not been as exciting as of a week.
0: <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and dive into our topic for today. We're talking about fitness fads that we fell for and how we got out of those fads, what we learned, mm-hmm. and if there are any fads that we um, support. Today. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll go ahead and start um, our topic around mindset and and fitness quotes and things like that. And I think Georgia has um, a really great starting point for us to get into.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll start off with mindsets today and then we'll go in and talk about some workout um, fads as well as some diet fads and some other things like that too. But for mindsets, this is something that I feel super passionately about because I feel like um, fitness mindsets, fads were something that I was stuck in for a really long time. So I mentioned in our first episode when I was talking about my story that there was one quote, um, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels that just really, really stuck with me as a mindset for like a decent time as long as I was really um, have really been stuck in anything. Um, And I just like this mindset for me, what like, (laughs) there is a whole list longer than Santa's list of things (laughs) that tastes better than how skinny feels. So that's one thing that that's one mindset that was a fad for me that, you know, eventually you just realize that there's a lot of things that are more enjoyable than that feeling. The other uh, mindset that I want to talk about is um, related to training. And it's the idea of training hard all of the time for all of your workouts, all of your runs, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And this mindset, people think that they have to kill themselves in the gym in order to, you know, achieve their goals. And that's just not true. It's not realistic either. Um, There is this person, and I'm not going to name her name on this podcast, and I'm not going to name her TV show that she has either, But this person has a TV show where they are trying to put people through really extreme training plans in order for them to achieve weight loss in a really short period of time. And that show is wrong for so many reasons. And you can tell that those people on the show are not enjoying themselves. You can tell that they, you know, that they're not going to stick with the gym, that you can tell that they don't like the gym. And... A lot of times you see these these contestants on this show lose the weight, but then once they stop the show, they don't ever go back to the gym because they've had such a bad experience with it. So they end up actually regaining the weight. And that's one point when you train hard all the time and you have this mindset that you have to die in the gym or you have to almost die in the gym, you're not gonna stick with it. You're not gonna wanna go to the gym anymore. The other point is that most of your workouts should not be hard as Most of your workouts should be like, like they should change in intensity, essentially. There are training programs that genuinely have some sort of progressive overload or some sort of undulating pattern where you go from days when you may have really intense workouts, but then you have other days where you're more pulled back. Same thing with running. About 80% of your runs are meant to be easy intensity and your hard (laughs) runs only happen about 20% of the time. That is smart training. So, stupid training is when you train really, really hard, and um, smart training is when you can vary up your intensity um, so that you're able to recover, you're able to build a more positive idea around the gym and around training, and when I was in high school, especially when I was going through my period where I really wanted to be skinny, I would go out for runs, and I would kill myself. Like, every day, I'd probably... Um, I would rate my runs out of 10. And a lot of times I was rating my runs eight or nine out of 10. Every time I was dying, I was laying on the ground. I, would, I would, This is kind of embarrassing to say, but when I would get home, usually I'd just run from my home, go out for the run, come back home. And I would have to run straight to the bathroom because I was exerting myself so much that I just like really, really had to go. And that was not healthy and it didn't work out. And it showed, it really did show. Um, so that was another thing where When I finally kind of started educating myself and reading more about, oh, your training intensity should vary. I got a really good running coach who um, explained that you should have easy runs where you should be able to talk for the majority of your runs in a week. All of a sudden, I started to enjoy my runs more. I started being able to think during my runs. And um, the same thing goes with my training now.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that that's why most people hate running is because when they run, they think that they need to go 100% and they need to sprint the entire thing, and that's not the case. Um, no. For a lot of people, like a, a jog is like fast walking with a little bit of like a, 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 a pep in your step. Yeah. You know a little bounce. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that's all it is, and that's all it has to be doesn't have to be running a five minute mile Yeah, and 12 miles, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Because honestly, if, if you're someone who uses a heart rate watch or something like that, just even oh. if you are just doing that nice, light little bounce, you should check your heart rate because it still gets up pretty dang high. Yeah,
0: it um, does. Even when you feel like you're on an easy run, your heart rate mm-hmm. is still really high.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's very interesting.
1: Yeah. And these mindsets are something that it's really easy to get stuck in. And it makes sense why people think that because people feel like, I know I felt like this, you need to make the most of the time that you have. And how can you make the most of the time you're having when it comes to your workouts if you're not pushing yourself 100%? But you have to think about it as an investment to some extent. And making the most of your time means that Like you need to maybe take some steps that are for your psychological health and some steps that are for your physical health. And that's not gonna be in all that intensity.
0: Yeah, especially like the physical health part, training 100% all the time, you probably will not be able to fully recover and increase your risk of getting injured and then not being able to train and then going back to step one and starting all over again. So it's best to go and approach that you can sustain um, a moderate intensity for most of your, your training, whether it's running or lifting, and then having some harder training days in there, because a lot of us, I think, really enjoy training hard, but remembering that Mm -hmm. it's okay for it to feel easy, and there are days that it should feel easy. So I guess that, that kind of leads us into, um, to workouts, essentially, Um, we've been talking about that, and one fad that we wanted to talk about are hit workouts. Um mm-hmm. I don't necessarily love hit workouts because it's going all out for a very short amount of time. And I don't like pushing 100%. I enjoy like moderate intensity exercise, like taking my time, doing my thing, feeling good. Um HIIT's just not really my style, but I know Georgia, I think that you you enjoy hit workouts.
1: Yeah, and this is almost counter to what I just said about not, not needing to go <laughs> hard all the time, but, but you're not I, doing these all the time. <laughs> no, no. I actually don't do hit workouts very often at all. Um, but I do follow some HIIT workouts on like YouTube and I use Apple fitness plus and hit workouts, um, from those programs, whenever I follow along with those, um, the way the instructor leads them, um, they are very, they try to make it enjoyable and they give you recovery time. Um, they give you modifications and it's a very kind of, I don't know if mature is the right word, but a mature approach approach to HIT workouts. And they are very high intensity. They do get your heart rate up very much, but there is still recovery time and they're so encouraging and they're such fun people to kind of watch that. That is why I like HIT workouts. However, when I do HIT workouts by myself, different story they are not fun um i but like i also love to run so i would just go and run rather than do a hit workout mm-hmm. um i do see the benefit like i do see why some people would like them though because they do instead of just doing typical kind of cardio type movements running elliptical bike um you get to kind of mix up the movements you get to move in different planes of motion um so i do see the uh, benefit that some people have just in like bearing it up i
0: guess mm-hmm. And there yeah. are benefits to hit workouts, like physically as well, mm-hmm. um, outside of just mindset too. But again, not something that you want to do every single day of the week.
1: <laughs> um, and then the other fad that we kind of wanted to go into, uh, um, as far as workouts, are um, booty bands. Oh,
0: booty bands!
1: Yeah, those are definitely kind of up and coming big fad right now, especially in um, social media and stuff like that. But
0: Hope, what do you think about booty bands? Um, I like booty bands. I think that people use them for the wrong reason though. Um, people use booty bands and think that just the band itself is going to grow their, their glutes. You need resistance to grow your glutes and the band in the beginning may provide enough resistance for you to see some gains, but eventually you're going to need more resistance. Um, I, uh, I don't use booty bands, but I use resistance bands. I like them because they activate the muscles. Um, they activate, you know, the glute med and the glute min and, and as well as my glute maximus, but those smaller muscles, I need a little bit more help activating before I start a lower body workout. Um, and that's just something that really has given me a lot of benefits. I've, you know, felt better with my lifts. Um, I do wanna say
1: my experience with booty bands, I definitely fell for the fad when it was kind of up and coming. i ordered my own set of booty bands and I loved them. I would use them on the Stairmaster, I remember. And um, I actually really loved that. I love the Stairmaster um, in general. And then adding a a booty band around my, or right above my knees, um, just made it even more fun for me. And that sounds crazy, I know, but It was very fun. However, from a safety standpoint, um, walking up stairs <laughs> as, <laughs> as an already pretty clumsy person with a band around my knees was not probably a good idea. So I stopped doing that. Now booty bands and hip circles are more so a warm up tool for me. Um, okay. And sometimes I'll use them for certain exercises. Like when I do um, hip thrusts, Um, but overall, yeah, I think I agree with hope on this. They're, they're used for some of the wrong purposes and they may give people the wrong idea because they are great for activating the muscles throughout your hips, activating your glute muscles. Um, but they are not necessarily going to be the single factor that leads to building a bigger booty, especially when you become more
0: experienced. So we know that having a big booty is really popular right now. Everybody wants a big booty. Everybody wants curves. Mm Um, That hasn't always been the case, right? People used to want to be really skinny, and I guess there is still a little bit of that. But we're seeing some transitions with our culture of what, you know, the ideal body is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we have felt a little bit of that changing culture as well while we've been growing up.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I talked about I went through a phase where I just really, really wanted to be skinny and I thought that I was going to feel more confident and all that stuff when I was skinny. Um, Got out of that phase really quickly when I realized that that's not how I looked when I was skinny Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and immediately went into a curvy phase. Um, Yeah, I'm still kind of in that phase now. I still want to build a bigger bigger glutes, but now it's much more from a different standpoint of, oh, I just want to see how far I can push my body
0: more than anything else. But what do you think, Hope? Um, I don't love the stereotype that we have right now of women wanting to have big booties in the sense that you go into the gym and you see all of these women like doing hip thrusts and doing things that are going to build their glutes. Having strong glutes is essential for every single body. Everybody needs to have strong glutes and there could be um, a sense of that becoming like a feminine exercise, doing hip thrusts where males may not want to do that exercise in the gym because that's, that's an exercise that the girls do, you know? Um, So I don't really love how that's transforming right now. Um, But I do, I do like that having strong glutes is in. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> it's important.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Glutes are the largest muscle in the human body and they mm-hmm. um, factor into a lot of things. They factor into your core strength, your posture, picking things up, st- standing up from a chair. So,
0: yeah. Okay. So the last topic of fads that we're going to talk about today has to do with diet. Um, I think we've seen some of the biggest fads within our culture surrounded um, around diet I have a lot of experience with trying different diets when I finally moved out of my house um, and was living on my own in college. I was very, very excited to start cooking for myself and experimenting with food. I would go to, to the grocery store and buy all of these like really weird fruits, like dragon fruit <laughs> and like, like there's a star fruit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just trying all of these different foods. It was really, really fun for me. I I really enjoy cooking. Um, So I think that's part of the reason that I tried different diet fads. Um, The first one that I tried was keto. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And this was before I had started my professional fitness career. Um, So I didn't understand how the body uses macronutrients um, and what it needs. Um, And I really didn't understand to the full extent what keto was. Keto is a prescribed diet that a physician can prescribe to individuals. I was just doing it because it was everywhere. You know, you go onto Pinterest and every recipe is keto, keto, keto. And I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. I only did it for a few months. I never got to the point where I was in uh, ketosis though, because I wasn't getting my carbs low enough. Like your carbs have to be so, so low to get into ketosis. And that is the point of this diet. I never got there. So I was pretty much just feeling miserable um, <laughs> for unnecessary reasons. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, really
1: have any experience with keto. It's never something that I would have wanted to try because it sounds like it's not, not my cup of tea, not my cup of coffee. We'll say, yeah. I don't like <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting to hear your experience with it for sure.
0: Yeah, and now knowing what I know, knowing how the body uses carbs and how important carbs are, I hate keto diet. I hate that it's out there. I hate that it's all over Pinterest. Um, I send out recipes to my clients um, every month, giving them a different recipe idea. And there will be some really good recipes um, on Pinterest. And if it says keto, I don't send it because I don't want that... Mindset around diet, healthy food, isn't keto necessarily? You know, mm-hmm. like
1: I don't have any experience with keto, but I'm kind of in the similar boat where I'll see um, products at the grocery store. Like I'll see certain, let's say, like energy drinks that will say keto on them. A keto coffee is a big thing I see a lot, and those are things that I will not purchase because I don't want to support the idea of keto being something that should be mainstream and something that should be supported. Um, Because like for some people it can work, as Hope kind of already touched on, but like for a lot of people, it's not necessary to get get into a keto diet. And a lot of times like products put keto on their labels just because they think that they can sell more that way, even though like coffee is keto anyways, unless you're putting like a ton (laughs) of sugar and stuff into it. It's, it's keto anyways. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the label means nothing, essentially. Coffee,
0: coffee is what that means. Another diet that I tried um, was vegetarian. And I even went vegan for a little while. I had watched the documentary on Netflix, What the Health? And that kind of sparked <laughs> my interest in it. It sparked my interest for mo- multiple reasons. One, obviously, you know harming animals makes me feel really bad. (laughs) Um, there's the sustainability piece of it. And then it also, um, talks about how, uh, meat is, is, is bad for you. Um, this was at a point where I had been lifting consistently. I had gained a ton of muscle mass. I was eating an entire chicken breast at night, which is like eight to 10 ounces of chicken, which is more than some people get in an entire day. (laughs) I was also (laughs) drinking two protein shakes a day Um, and I had huge gains and was just in a great Mm -hmm. spot. And then I started a vegetarian diet and did not educate myself um, on how much protein I should be consuming and how to get protein in other ways aside from meat. Like I would do the beans and, and do the tofu and stuff, but that was not matching my protein consumption prior to starting the diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really my own fault that I I lost muscle mass. The reason I decided to go one step farther and go vegan was because I am lactose intolerant, so I already don't consume a lot of dairy products. So that was a pretty easy switch for me um, to go into that. But same thing here. I only did the diet for a few months.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, my experience with vegetarianism is very, very different from yours. Um, I, I don't call myself a vegetarian and in fact, I'm not a vegetarian. And I also, we're also not suggesting here that we think vegetarianism and veganism are fad diets necessarily, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. some people do see them as a fad. So I do just want to point that out.
0: They're definitely more popular right now than they have been in the
1: past. Right. For... Maybe, like I don't want to say the wrong reasons, but um, I think some people see them just as tools for weight loss. And I think that um, that's not necessarily what their purpose should be. And I think that their purpose can go far beyond that. Um, in my experience, I especially like when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, um, I was at a point where I just kind of had stopped eating me and I started consuming more fake meats and, um, more meats that are like labeled vegan, vegetarian, um, from the store, just because I was trying to try something new in that regard. And I found out that I really, really like fake meats. So like veggie nugs, veggie nuggets are, um, one of my favorite things to eat. One of my favorite, um, snacks to have. Oh my gosh. I think they're better than, you know, real, veg- <laughs> or real chicken nuggets. Um, and that's how I felt about a lot of things. I, I eat, um vegan ground beef I've had vegan fish before and I'm not I'm not a vegan because I love dairy and I am lucky to not be lactose intolerant so I eat ice cream about every day I drink milk in my coffee and in other things every day um but the meats I was consuming were labeled vegan so that's that's what I call them um and Um, it, it was amazing. I started enjoying my food more and I was eating those so often. And at this point they, they do have pretty high protein levels, especially in the quantities I was eating them in that, um, when I switched to a more vegetarian diet, diet, I actually started to increase my protein intake. So, um, I mean, obviously right during the pandemic, we didn't have a gym available, but once we got back to the gym, I, that's when I started seeing my biggest improvements in the gym, because all of a sudden I was increasing my protein intake. Um, I love
0: that. I think that's such a cool experience <laughs> to have with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that realization was, cr- was crazy for me. Cause I mean, how many people can say that they, um, don't eat meat, but can st- are still building muscle really consistently.
0: And, it just goes back to the point that, you need to adapt everything to something that you enjoy and something that you're going to continue doing. Right. Right. Eating yeah. A ton s- of meat for you. wasn't necessarily something you enjoyed. So you found it a, a great way to incorporate still getting protein into your diet.
1: Right. And honestly, it almost wasn't intentional. It was just me finding like trying out new things, finding what works for me. And I, it's not that I don't eat meat anymore. I will eat the occasional chicken. I'll go out and have a burger sometimes. So I'm definitely not, vegetarian. I, if, if I have to label it, which I'm not a huge fan of labels. Um, I, I've heard it called like a flexitarian approach before where most of the time I don't consume meat, but then there are times when it fits best with me and it's something that I want that I will go out and I will eat some meat. Um, and it's, it's been great. I, I don't think I've ever been in a better place as far as my nutrition is. And as far as my enjoyment of food. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's awesome. Very different perspectives. That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, sure. Another kind of diet fad, um was intermittent fasting that we wanted to touch on. I think we've both had a, a little bit of experience with it, but I something that you're doing right now, right? A oh,
1: no. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I tried intermittent fasting, I think I probably tried it twice. And because I'd seen people kind of rave about it. And I've just heard people talk about how it makes them feel really good. So I was like, Oh, all right, maybe this is something I'll try. And the most common form of intermittent fasting is like the the 16, eight format where you have um, 16 hours to fast and not eat anything, consume any calories. And then you have eight hours during your day to eat as much as you want no restrictions. And that is one thing about intermittent fasting that I think is cool is that when you're in your um, eating period, you um, don't have to have any concern about restricting yourself. But for me, um, a lot of times when you take that 16 it approach, you skip breakfast essentially. So you don't eat in the morning. You push off your eating period until noon. And that does not work for me. I, I need <laughs> breakfast. I need breakfast. I love breakfast. Um, I love my coffee, and I like to put milk and sometimes some syrup or something into my coffee. So um, missing, losing that part of my day—that was just something that I genuinely enjoyed, something that I look forward to. Um, that affected me. Plus, I think I'm someone who. Um, use it. Like I, I consume quite a lot of calories in the mornings with my breakfast. So I was losing a whole chunk of energy that I had been using all day. So it was not, not fun for me. I did not stick with it.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. My mistake for thinking that you were doing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Um, I think that intermittent fasting, obviously I think that you should try out different, different styles and see what works for you. But when it comes to weight loss and using intermittent fasting, if you are still eating more calories during the eight hour window than you're expending throughout the day, you're not going to lose weight. So um, I tried intermittent fasting and it didn't work for me, um, especially with my history around um, food um, and having like binge eating habits in the past, Um, having that eight hour window to eat whatever I wanted and as much as I wanted. It's not, not a good tool for me to use. So mm-hmm. um, I think it goes back to, to finding something that's going to work for you for sure. Right. It can work, but not obviously for everyone. And we are obviously not dieticians. So mm-hmm. don't take diet advice from us. We're just retelling our experiences. Um, and these different diets like keto and intermittent fasting do have benefits with them, Um and they can be useful for certain people, which I know Georgia already mentioned, but I just wanted to reiterate that, that there are benefits to them and um, they are useful tools for, mm-hmm. for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my experience, the best tool is just calorie counting, tracking your calories and modifying your calories to reach your goal, whether it's to gain weight or lose weight, um, is the most accurate way to accomplish your goal, the most efficient way. And I'm just, I think it's so cool, Georgia, that you started doing this in high school. Like this, <laughs> I didn't even know anything about this in high school, you know, and it's not something that I found until later into my um, my career. So it's cool that you did it in high school.
1: I mean, I honestly don't even know how I came across calorie counting. Because, um, yeah, I don't really have ever have experience particularly going for a, um, a diet fad, but I did, um, I did when I was in high school trying to be skinny, I did download an app that would just track my food and track how many calories I would consume, was consuming and then would estimate, you know, what my deficit or what my surplus was based on, um, what it estimated I, um, I was expending, through like my exercise and things like that. And it was something that it did work for me, calorie counting almost too well. I was probably in too much of a calorie deficit when I started using it. Um, But it's a very objective way to track your progress over
0: time. That's something that I think people miss that tracking calories and weight is data. You shouldn't have a huge emotional connection to how many calories you're eating throughout the day. Mm-hmm. You should eat a lot of calories throughout the day, especially for people that are exercising. It's good mm-hmm. to eat a lot of calories. You know, I hear people say all the time, like, oh, I ate so many calories. I ate like 2,000 calories. I'm like, <laughs> that's not a lot of calories, especially when you're exercising and, and you have an active lifestyle, you know? So it's, it's important to just take that objective approach to it. It's, it's data. That's all Mm -hmm. it is. It's a formula. That's how you lose weight. You know, it's, it's numbers, it's scientific. It's not, it's not emotional. Mm -hmm. It is, it is emotional for everybody, but you should, you know, try to create that divide between them.
1: Yeah. And I, I will say sometimes you, like in my own experience, I thought that when, when I was in high school, this is the thing, like when I was in high school, I thought that I needed to restrict my calories in order to have the body type that I wanted. But honestly, I came when I came to college and I found strength training, I started to gain weight. So I started to increase my calories a lot. And remember, I wanted I wanted abs and I wanted glutes at, glutes at points in high school. Well, now that I have gone through college and I'm in grad school and have been doing this for a while, I now have gained about 20 pounds. I have abs and I have. Yeah. Abs, and so that's another thing to keep in mind is it's, it's all objective. And um, you don't have to see
0: every sorry. No, I just I want you to say it again. I just (laughs) want you to say it again, how you gained muscle, you ate more, you increased your body weight, and now you have abs.
1: Yeah, yeah. And (laughs) honestly, I'm way more proud of them now than I was in high school. Like, because the validation for one does not come from other people. It comes from myself. And like, I, I actually worked hard for them. Um, so your path can change. You maybe find that one way doesn't work for you, but another way might. And it's a long road. Um, it's but fun it's though. Worth.
0: It's a journey. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's worth Don't it. Don't take it so
0: seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about learning. Yeah. So those are some fads that, that we've had experience with. I'm sure that maybe some of you can relate to uh, um, to them. Um, we would be interested to hear your experiences as well if you wanted to reach out to us and and let us know what you've kind of gone through and where you're at and what works for you. We just want to reiterate again that we are not dietitians. We are not physicians. We are not telling you what to do. We are simply telling you of our experiences with these, these fads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you should always consult a doctor, a physician, or a dietitian before changing your diet.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately what we are getting at here and what we will consistently be trying to get across is that your health is um, all about finding what works best for you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not about anybody else. It's not about seeing what that person on Instagram is doing necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about seeing what they're doing, trying that option, seeing Mm -hmm. how it works with you. And if it doesn't,
0: Mm -hmm. that's fine. Find something else. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in for episode two. We are very excited to be here with you and looking forward to sharing more of our experiences with you. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to Power of Mindset. Have questions or suggestions? Email us at powerofmindsetpod at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at cope.fullyfit. And follow me at
1: Marie underscore G. Please rate, follow, and leave a review to help us grow. Like, oh, I just really
0: want a third <sighs> cup of coffee.